It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Kat, NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. We're joining you here in the evening for a special uh, show here. You know, things are going to run pretty quick with the NFL draft and with free agency here over the next couple of months. So we really want to take this episode to kind of set the table um, for what we have here in house, you know, the dolphins are going to make some cuts. They're going to have some decisions on some unrestricted free agents. So we're going to run through those names and very straightforward. As far as the players who make it cut, there aren't a lot of names, but there are some, um, what the dolphins could save by cutting them and whether or not we would do that. Uh, we're also going to talk about the unrestricted free agents. We're going to throw out a dollar amount we think would cost to resign them and give a yes or no on that too. But bef- Paul, before we get into the, our own roster here, uh, d- big news today, Deshaun Watson has formally requested a trade. And, and let me make something very clear to begin with. Um, a lot of people, I mean, I, I don't know in our chat, but Dolphins fans, oh, stop talking about Deshaun Watson. Listen, this is the most talked about story in the NFL outside of the Super Bowl. And it involves the Dolphins, whether you like it or not. Maybe the Dolphins aren't interested uh, or as interest, aren't as interested as, as we like to think that they might be. But this is certainly a thing, and it is not going away. So we are going to continue to talk about it. Um, so, Paul, uh, you know, I, I'll throw it to you on that. Just kind of passing thoughts. Any, uh, any random thoughts here on, on Watson as we continue? Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of teams whose beat writers and fans, et cetera, seem to think that they're getting Watts in this offseason. And I think the fact that a lot of teams have a big need for a quarterback right now plays plays heavily into that. Uh, you know, depending on which beat writer you listen to or which national writer you listen to, uh, Watson wants to go to the Jets. Watson wants to go to the Dolphins. Watson wants to go to anybody else. I think the most hilarious thing, actually, too, as part of this is, you know, Houston finally names a coach, and it sounds like Watson went, I firmly would like to be out. Um, and that's what happens when you hire a position coach that's never even been a coordinator before. And, you know, basically, it's very weird, because I'm, I'm sorry I'm rambling a couple different directions on this one, but of the seven head coaches hired this cycle, there was one that to me was a no-brainer. That's Robert Saleh, who went to the Jets. Uh, there were two that I'm like, ah, good. Somebody caught on to them in Dan Campbell and Arthur Smith. And then there were two, a few like, really? That's a little early um, in, you know, uh, for for the Eagles, etc. And then there was this one, um, which I, I'm not even going to lie. I, I had to look and go, who the hell is that? I mean, it was one step for me above them interviewing the active player in McCown and, you know, saying like, ah, we'll bring an old man Caldwell to advise him. You know, it's just, it's, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's it, uh, another step in the wrong direction. It looks like, um, 
yeah, David Culley they hired, who is uh, who's an assistant there with the Ravens. And the word is that Watson wanted out anyway, regardless. But I thought that if they had hired Eric Bieniemy and let things simmer for a couple of months, maybe there's a chance things could have gotten worked out. Maybe, maybe not. So I said on our show last time that I think four things need to happen. And we're going to move on from Watson after this. Don't worry, everybody. Uh, number one, um, they have to fire Jack Easterby. Obviously, they didn't do that. I've, it's appalling, but they, they, they're not. Number two, they don't hire Eric Bieniemy. Of course, they didn't do that either. Number three, and this is where we are right now, Deshaun Watson has requested a trade, demanded a trade because he wants out, out out there. Now I think he needs to take it a step further and say, basically, look, you either trade me or I will never play another down as a Houston Texan again. That needs to happen. And then I think, think step four needs to happen. The Texans, for the Dolphins to get the upper hand, potentially, the Texans have to want Tua as a starting quarterback of their football team. Yeah, that well, Maybe. they have to either want Tua or they have to want somebody they believe will be there at three. And because you have to imagine any package for Deshaun is going to strongly be pushed for the third overall pick or a top five pick from whoever they go with if they can get it. Um, or ammo to go up there and get, you know, whether it's Fields or Wilson or, or, or whomever. Um, but again, this just, this just, it's, I, I can't get like I know he wanted out before, but you have to feel like the Texans ownership looked at looked at their head coaching situation and went, all right, everybody else is turning over these stones. It, it's it's like the scene in the Water Boy when they were they went out and like all these other teams started like grabbing their towel guy and and the equipment manager and throwing them on the field. That's what it feels like as these head coaching searches went on here as far as the hirings went. I mean, he is basically an assistant offensive coordinator with the Ravens. Um, you look at him, I tell you what, it doesn't – you just look at David Culley and hear him talk, doesn't say, doesn't scream of leader leader of men. Just, no. just, just Players like the, him, though. Well, I mean hey, – Hey, you don't necessarily have to be a Dan Campbell type to be a great coach. No doubt about that. But I don't know. The optics of it certainly don't look great, and as as has been the case with the Texans. So, Paul, whether the Dolphins need to clear out room for a specific somebody or whether they just simply want to have more money to play with here in the offseason, they're going to have to make a couple of decisions um, for current players. And really, there is no like Lawrence Timmons that the Dolphins have to cut this offseason uh, at all. There, There's a list of a few guys that we'll get to. Just, you know, we're not going to talk to you about the ins and outs of everything to do with the salary cap when it was created, what it does, blah, blah, blah. Very simply this, that the salary cap in 2021 is going to be somewhere between 175 and 190 million. And Barry Jackson had a great article at the Miami Herald kind of breaking this down a little bit. Um, the salary cap in, in 2021 is expected to be um, between 175 and 190, but conservatively, might be around about 180 million, which means that the Dolphins are going to have somewhere around 38 million in cap room um, because they have 23 million in cap room, 
Now they've got 15 million about that they can roll over from last year. Uh, and it's going to cost about 12 million to sign their draft pick. So that would leave them at the end with about 26 million if we take you know who out of the equation here. So they've got some interesting decisions, Paul. But again, no Lawrence Timmons, no Taco Charlton uh, type where it's like, okay, we know we're going to cut them this offseason. Yeah, I mean, the closest to that maybe might be Fedulum um, on, on our list. It, it does save the Dolphins a few million. And while he played well on special teams, Miami had a lot of guys that did well on special teams. And he really, really came out and showed that outside of special teams, he's useless. Um, he makes Walt Aikens look like a good safety at that point. And that's not necessarily a good look. I, I like having a special teams ace, but you've got to be so far above and beyond, and I don't feel like he is that. Yeah, and I'm with you on that. And players like when the roster is getting as deep as the Dolphins is, and you're also going to be adding, you know, five, five draft picks presumably in the first 82 they're all going to make the roster here and they they've all got to play a role. So guys like Mac Collins, uh, uh, Calvin Munson, uh, Clayton Fedulum, who just play special teams. They're a lot more in danger here this upcoming year. So we've got seven names. Okay. That, that are salary cap. You know, you, you never know they're, They, I'm not saying that they're likely to be cut, but that's what we're going to talk about here. Some of these names will whiz through. Um, Six of the seven guys on this list are either safeties or wide receivers. So we're going to go, th- go through the safeties here first. Clayton Fedulum, Paul, the Dolphins could save, according to Barry Jackson's article, two and a half million. Out. Yeah, you're out. He's out for me, too. Um, I think the next two, I know the answer to. Bobby McCain saves $6.4 million by cutting him. Eric Rowe, $4 million. Keep them. Uh, yeah, keep them both. I mean, Bobby McCain stops, you know, $16 million players from catching balls over the middle of the field. So keep. And yeah, those Ro- are no Rose the tight end eraser. Yeah, uh, well, against most. Team. Against most. He's the normal tight end eraser, we'll call yeah. him. Uh, not against Kelsey or Waller, but who is? Could stop him. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if, when you're talking about uh, Eric Rowe, it would save you four million. Bobby McCain six point four. That is that is an easy keep him on the roster. It, it, it to me they're bargains there at this at the safety spots. That doesn't mean Brandon Jones shouldn't play a bigger role or the Dolphins shouldn't draft a fourth safety to take over for uh, Fedulum if cut. But I'm with you on well, that. Well, and actually one one thing I want to touch on. I don't want to beat it to death, but Bobby McCain I believe has a lot bigger savings if you designate him as a post June first cap or casualty. So if the right players line up in the right positions and fall to the right spot and you kind of feel like, all right, you know what? We knocked the draft out of the park and we happen to grab a few safeties in the process that we're feeling really good about, then maybe. But I think I would cut Roe before McCain. It, it's Flores loves Roe, but Flores really loves Bobby. And Bobby gets the job done in a way that, in all honesty, he might be a little bit underpaid. Um, he is such a key cog in this defense, the way it stands right now, that I, I don't see where or how, let alone the fact that he's a captain, you're you're cutting him. You're right. I, I don't see how any either one get, get cut. And you're exactly right on that. You save $6.4 million by cutting Bobby McCain as a designating him as a post-June 1st cut. So uh, 
yeah, I, I'm glad we're in agreement. Probably not going to happen. The only way I would agree with cutting a Bobby McCain is if it's because somehow Justin Simmons or Marcus Williams hit free agency, Marcus Williams probably will. But if you sign one of them saying, Hey, we, we can go from good to great here, then that might be worth thinking about. But other than that, no way. Um, Wide receiver, and this may be places where, uh, you know, really is a a position where the Dolphins are probably going to have to make some room for the, because you've got to think they're going to sign a wide receiver in free agency, who regardless of who that is, they're going to draft at least one wide receiver in the draft, probably two. Uh, So they're going to have to make some room here. So Jakeem Grant, if he's a post June 1st cut, the Dolphins say 4.1 million. Stay or go. At least until after the draft, stay. You don't have to make a decision on him right away. He's he's a critical, um, you know, special teamer. I think he's been misutilized, and you can do some fun things with him. And you want to make sure that you've got your replacements firmly on roster. And there's no rush to make the decision. And he, yeah, for me, it's a keep for now. It's a keep for me as well. And Bobby, or excuse me, uh, Jakeem Grant, uh, second team all pro. And to me, this is one of the best two or three part returners in the league. I would pay $4 million million a year for that. I I would. I mean, I think he's a major, major weapon when he's out on the field there. And he's gotten better at uh, at not dropping the football, which was my problem with him early in his career. So for me, he stays and he's the punt returner. Probably doesn't play a lot on offense, though. Alan Hearns, I think that's an easy one. Post post June first, save two point four. He's out. Um, Albert Wilson, you save two point nine million dollars by cutting him. He didn't play this year because he opted out, just like Alan Hearns. What do you think? I think you get Albert Wilson uh, into the into whatever camps you can hold this year. See what you've got, and then make your decision from there. Um, and again, maybe I change my tune depending on what the Dolphins do in free agency and in the draft. I mean, if they go out and they get, you know, and I'm not even going to say one of the top three, you know, because that's whatever. But if they get a Kadarius Tony, a Jalen Darden, um, you know, a Tutu Atwell, mm, I'm struggling to keep Albert Wilson at that point in time. I think his role becomes superfluous with guys like Lynn Bowden and some of those guys. You bet. You know, because like we've talked about, Gasicki's basically a, a wide receiver. So you've got Parker, Gasicki, Lynn Bowden, Jakeem Grant. There, there's four right there. You got to think Malcolm Perry's going to come back and compete. And you're going to have a few other bodies in there. And we haven't even gotten to free agency in the draft yet. So for me, Albert Wilson gets cut. They don't save a ton of money, but. You know, you're talking about somebody now who over the last two and a half years has 351 yards receiving because of injuries, because of opt-outs. So for me, he gets the ax. Well, and here, here's the other thing I'd say there too. It's it's If you can manage to trade some of the guys that, that Greer has managed to trade, and you know exactly who I'm staring straight at, Isaiah Ford, um, for a conditional late-round pick or for a late-round pick in 2022 or whatever – you at least before you make that cut for Wilson, you explore whether or not anybody wants to take a sixth, seventh, fifth, whatever round flyer or a conditional draft pick flyer on a guy like him because he does have some explosive talent that somebody may get enamored with out there. Yeah, and we could 
see a similar type of trade as, you know, future seventh rounder, like, like the dolphins had with the Patriots for Isaiah Ford. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you bet, you know, sometimes trades like that are pulled off just to keep the guy off the, um, off the free agent wire. We saw that with Danny Isadora a couple of years ago when the Dolphins traded for him. So yeah, anything's possible on that. So it looks like we're in agreement on all of these guys. Um, we've got one left and that's Jesse Davis and Jesse Davis, uh, the Dolphins would save 2.6 million by cutting him. They would, you know, they, they have to still pay him $2 million. So you're not saving a whole heck of a lot of money for me. I'm probably keeping Jesse Davis around, could play all five line positions, uh, players look up to him. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to keep him around. I have been one of the biggest Jesse Davis bashers on the planet um, in previous seasons. And I will fully admit that I was a little bit wrong. Um, he is probably never going to see a pro bowl. He's most likely to see a pro bowl at right guard. Um, if my, if Miami's going to utilize him at right guard, and uh, I'd like to see him stay. I really would. I think Miami's best offensive line this year had him at right guard and Kinley at left guard, which pains me because I do like Eric Flowers. Uh, Davis is a good, versatile piece. And, if again, if you cut Jesse Davis, you're going to end up looking for a versatile veteran lineman like Jesse Davis. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm keeping him around too. So, overall – of the seven guys, we're cutting Clayton Fedulum. We're cutting Alan Hearns. The Dolphins save an additional five point four million, um, and we're I'm cutting Albert Wilson to save another three million. Uh, you're you'd like to bring him back here at least to compete, and we're keeping Jesse Davis, Jakeem Grant, and both safeties Bobby McCain and Eric Rowe. So looks like we're 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 not too far apart on that. So let's take a look at the Dolphins un, unrestricted free agents we have. And we're only looking at unrestricted free agents because they've got some restricted free agents like Isaiah Ford and Jake Rudock and some exclusive rights free agents as well. But there are 13 unrestricted free agents we're going to whiz through here. Um, number one, and it really doesn't have a lot to do with money. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm going to throw the dollar amount of $7 million a year. Um, does he come back or is he gone? If it were me, he's gone. Um, I, I And I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. But as much as I like what he did advising Tua this year, I also don't want the things that make Fitzpatrick bad to become habits for Tua, that whole YOLO approach that you only live once. And, like, you know, the um, we're going to go with F it, chuck it, um, that I like to say, which I won't say here on the air. Um, I like Fitzpatrick. I would be all for potentially having him as a quarterback's coach eventually. But I think Tua or Deshaun Watson, whichever way it ends up going, needs to be able to stand on their own too without him behind you, even though I think he's one of the best backups around. Yeah, and it's hard to blame him for that because he's too threatening to keep around. I mean, and I look, I I think they could get away with it this year because the Dolphins went ten and six. They weren't expected to. And 
you know, Tua was a rookie. So you had that dynamic going on and they got along. Well, they're laughing and talking on the sidelines all the time. They're talking, talking each other up. I just don't think that can go on for another year. So I hope Fitzpatrick goes somewhere because I think he's one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the game. And I hope he can go to a team that, uh, that, that maybe can use him as a starter for a little bit. And he's going to look for that. He, uh, he, he's going to look to, to go be a starter somewhere. Yeah, he will. He will. Absolutely. So I'm saying no on that too. Ted Karras, uh, you know, he he signed last year, what, one year, three or three and a half million. It was kind of meant to be a prove-it contract. He proved that he's a decent player. I mean, he's not – he's what you see is what you get. He's not a great athlete, but you're certainly not going to lose a lot of football games because Ted Karras is starting for you at center. I'm going to throw out the dollar figure of um, five million to bring him back. And I'll, I'll go first. I'm going to say yes on this. Um, it, you know, it's not an overwhelming yes, but even if you brought back Ted Karras, he can play all three interior line positions. And, you know, there then, hey, in the second round, if you see a Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma there, you, you still have the flexibility to take him. So I'm bringing him back for five million a year if that's the price tag. I am, too. And not just not just because of what we saw on the field. It, it's also what we saw on the sidelines with him. He is a very involved player with this whole Ohana mentality that the Dolphins have as, as far as the family piece goes. And he's a good player out there. And he, you know, it, it's, I want to see this line get a little bit of consistency. And, and that does not, as you pointed out, preclude you from getting a Creed Humphrey, getting a Josh Myers, getting another center in the draft. And the fact that you can potentially move Karras to one of the guard spots if needed, if Kinley gets hurt, if, uh, Jesse Davis gets hurt if Eric Flowers gets hurt, or maybe you draft one of those guys and, and you part ways with Flowers, which is something that you know we'll talk about another day if it gets if it becomes a thing. Yeah, Davin Gotcha next on the list here. I'm going to th- put the price tag of four million dollars. Four million for Gotcha? Yeah, yeah, I, I, w- I would do that. Okay, okay. I'm I'm going with a no on that. Not long term. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, I've, so yeah, we're talking uh, two years, eight million, one year, four million, something like that. I'm still going to say no, uh, and the only reason is because uh, I, I think he's a better fit with a different team. Six three, three hundred and five pounds, so he's not small by any means. But I I, I think he plays. He's going to be a better player in just a traditional four, three uh, defensive tackle role. The dolphins have had a lot of success lately with the giants, with the Zach sealers, with the Raekwon Davises. I don't think uh gotcha fits that mold enough. And he's not somebody who, who gets a lot of sacks or, or makes a lot of game turning plays. So I'm going to say no there on, on Davin gotcha um, three linebackers. And I'm going to give them the same price tag of 3 million each to retain them. Vince Beagle, a Landon Roberts, and Camus Grugier Hill, which of those, if if the price tag is three million a year, who stays and who goes there for you? I'm going to put them in an order here. Uh, I'm actually going to, and this is going to probably surprise a lot of people. I'm going to prioritize Camus Grugier Hill over the other two, uh, despite the fact that Landon Roberts had more big name plays. He also had more big name misses, and. Given the play of guys like Jerome Baker and the fact that I want Miami to improve the position anyway in the draft, uh, KVN as well, um, you need somebody consistent across from them. 
and I think Gruje Hill was the most consistent of the three. Um, Vince Beagle, he's probably my third here. I like him as a pass rusher, but I think Miami can do better. Um, and uh, Landon Roberts, he'll be a yeah for me. Uh, I, I would take him back at that price. I wouldn't pay through the nose for him. Um, and he's he's there to add depth. But again, I want Miami to add a starting linebacker in this year's draft. Yeah, I completely agree with you on Beagle there on, on the edge. I, I thought he played well in 2019, given the circumstances. Um, I thought Andrew Van Ginkle played better in that role. So if you bring Beagle back, you know, he's, you're probably not going to play him at middle linebacker. He's probably not going to drop into coverage. And you prevent some other draft picks from seeing meaningful snaps. If you go linebacker at that spot, I'd like to do something a little different uh, instead of just getting another Andrew Van Ginkle back. Uh, so he's a no for me. Um, I'm really torn on, on a Landon Roberts and Kamu J Hill. I think you need to bring one of them back and I'm going to go with uh, Gruje Hill too, because I think he brings more on special teams. He has a, he, he brings a lot of energy to the linebacker unit. I think he can cover a little bit more ground. Again, nobody's better on fourth and one than Landon Roberts, but the rest of his game was pretty shaky. So I, I'm, I'm going to be right there with you on at, at the linebacker spot. Punter. So, Kat, real real quick, we got a couple questions in here, and I don't want to lose them. Even yeah, go ahead. Gonna... So we just got asked if we like Levante David or Bud Dupree. I'm going to jump in on Bud Dupree, and I'm going to let you comment on Levante David. I like Bud Dupree but I don't like the price tag we're going to have to pay for Bud Dupree, especially given the fact that we've got players in the draft that I think can come in and, and fill the need just fine. Yeah, I like both players, but I, I agree with you. Uh, Bud Dupree is going to cost a lot. I mean, probably not only is he coming off a season-ending injury, but it, there'll be competition for him. Uh, and, and I'm going to say he, he ends up costing 12 to 14 million a year. I'd like to spend that at other positions. Levante David. I, I love Levante David. This is going to be his 10th year in the NFL. He's 32 years old. That's the only reason I would probably pass on him too, but good question there. Um, so are the, the last real big name here at unrestricted free agent not on offense, not on defense, a guy that we've talked about a lot on this show, Matt Hawk. I'm going to throw the price tag matching um, God, names blank and the one of the highest punter signed last offseason, but it was right around $3 million. I'm going to give that to Matt Hawk too. I'm going to bring him back. Well, if you're bringing him back, I'm definitely bringing him back because you are way harder on him than I am. So, no, I, I think Hawk does a phenomenal job of pinning teams inside the 10-yard line. Um, given that fact, I, I don't see how you don't bring him back. You don't want to have to dig around and maybe find somebody. It's, you know, if he's asking for the moon, fine, let him walk. But if he's going to come back at $3 million, absolutely. I'm with you on that. Um, I, I could see the Dolphins not re-signing him just because you, you look at the last few years. Um, they drafted Jason Sanders a couple of years ago instead of giving money to uh, to Cody Parkey. Um, at long snapper, they cut uh, Tabor Pepper before the year, saved a little bit more money by drafting uh, Blake Ferguson in the sixth round. Uh, and maybe they do the same with with Hawk, and they draft a punter in the sixth or seventh round instead. So that, that bears uh, keeping an eye on there, too. But, yeah, I'm bringing back Matt Hawk. So 
we're going to go speed round here on the rest of the guys because we've got wait before, seven. before we do that i just want to remind folks thank you guys for all the likes all the shares all the follows lately make sure you guys are clicking like make sure you guys are subscribing turn your notifications on so you know right when we go live anyway sorry cat i didn't mean to jump in on you there but i wanted to make sure to say that big old Absolutely. thank you Absolutely. Thank you very much uh, for, for everybody here. We know it's a, a weeknight and uh, we, we, we couldn't thank you enough for, for, for joining us here on these random topics. Sometimes we just come up with them uh, uh, on a whim or we see an article we, and, and we want to jump on here. So thanks for, thanks for being part of that. All right. Speed round here. Uh, these are, are players. I, I don't even see costing $3 million to resign you. So yes or no on these uh, on, we'll go down the list. Deandre Washington. Finally said his name right. Nah. No, that's enough for me too. Matt Breida, the Walmart Greta. Um No. No. Can't do that either because the Dolphins are going to get another running back or in probably two. Matt Collins. Uh, eh, nah. And he had too many opportunities to and and too many drops, even though he had that legendary play. Great special teamer, but it's a no. For me, um, Julian Davenport. Yes, I'm a yes too on him. Uh, I was. I'm surprised that you you said yes as well. I I know I was always higher on him than you. Um, yeah, I thought he did a good job when he was put out there as the sixth offensive lineman. He has left tackle, right tackle flexibility. He's still young. He's got some potential. I think he's a good swing man. I'll bring him back for two million a year. Yeah, and it's it's for for me too when he. F- I was very surprised this season when he filled in. I think he found the right marriage with Miami's staff this year. I know they've got a new offensive line coach now, but I I, I want to see a little more of him. Maybe he's one of those guys that developed over time, and he's not going to be your starter, but he can be in a pinch. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cody, Cody, Corey, Corey Pankey. Or Adam Pankey, excuse me. See, I, you've got Corey Parkey, Adam Pankey. Yeah, I get it. I just get them all confused here. So Adam Pankey, Pankey. Nah. Adam Pankey. Yeah, he's out. Um, uh, Kayvon Frazier, safety. Yeah, yeah. I liked little bits I've seen from him in snips, and uh, I I like him especially if we're if we're cutting Fedulum. Um Don't get me wrong. I think Brandon Jones sees the field before Frazier does, but I think there's a role for him if he continues to develop, unless Miami happens to draft somebody that can supersede his spot. It's not going to cost you a lot in dead money based on the contract you're going to get him for. Yeah, he was definitely better than Fedulum on defense. Um, and, yeah, I think he does offer I'd, more. I'd be better than Fedulum on defense. Yeah, you would. You got some wheels there, bud. No, uh, I don't. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think Kayvon Frazier, bring bring him back for a million, two million a year. Uh, and use your fourth safety. Maybe you don't box yourself into a corner where you need to draft a safety or sign another safety. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'll, I'd bring him back for a million, two million a year. So that that's going to do it for our, our unrestricted free agent list here too. And we're, we'll touch this up as we get closer to the off season. Um, Paul, any other thoughts here before we sign off? Uh, any, any themes or questions there from the chat? Um, Let's see. Adam what? Yeah, exactly. Um No, I think I think we're kind of good on the moment based on on uh what I'm seeing in chat. A lot of lot of have a great night guys like I said before, make sure you're liking and subscribing. Thank you guys so 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 much. 
We'll be back this weekend, though. I can't wait, Cat. Talking a little Senior Bowl, right? Yes. Now we start digging our teeth into the NFL draft. We've been watching Senior Bowl practices and and reading a lot on that too. This is where the board starts to come together. So Saturday. We're going to preview a lot of names to look for in the Senior Bowl game that kicks off at 2.30 uh, Eastern time on, on Saturday on the NFL Network. And then uh, we're going to do a recap and, and kind of tell a little bit more about how the board's starting to look and, and how it's changed after, after Senior Bowl week, too. That's going to do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins' possible cuts and unrestricted free agents Be sure to follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side.